What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. And as you can tell from my attire today, or if you're listening to this, I have a bunch of Tough Mudder attire on. We just completed this past Saturday on July 29th a 10K Tough Mudder with 20 obstacles with 47 people, 46 of which completed the full course. One of our members ended up going down about three obstacles into the event. Uh, he thought originally that he had pulled, a, pulled his hamstring, and the way that he was limping, it certainly looked like he had pulled his hamstring. But as it turns out, because he's actually downstairs training right now, it was probably more likely a cramp. And if you've ever had a an intense hamstring cramp, you know how painful and uh, how much they can restrict your range of motion. So it's on one end, it's nice that it was only a hamstring cramp and that he was able to recover quickly. On the other end, kind of tough for him to swallow that he stepped out because of a cramp. Of course, our first Tough mutter, we had someone, we, we had probably one or two people step out from cramps, which is a lot of the reason why we harp so much on hydration and electrolyte intake during our eight weeks of training. Speaking of which, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're not going to talk about everything that we went through for training and everything that we went through for the mutter, although I'm sure that we could have a whole conversation on that, and I'm sure I could bring plenty of people in, which might actually also be a fun idea, uh, to talk about their own experience with Tough Mudder. But what I want to talk about is five lessons that were learned both during the eight weeks of training that we did going up to the Tough Mudder and the actual event itself. Because if you've ever done anything like that, a Tough Mudder, a Spartan race, a, any other obstacle course race, there aren't a whole lot of them around them anymore. I think there's Rugged Maniac. Um, there's something called Frog Cage or something like that. Can't really remember. And then one or two more, smaller ones. At any rate, all of them kind of have a similar vibe to them. And that the point is, for most of them, to go in and do the obstacles as well as you can, to complete them, and then to help others complete them as well. Now, Tough Mudder is especially unique, and this isn't by any means a Tough Mudder like commercial, but it embodies a lot of the things that it takes to get through life in general. That's why it's especially unique. It embodies a lot of what it takes to improve your health and fitness, to improve in a lot of other aspects of your life. It is in a sense, in a sense, an infinite game. Now, there is an end to it, so there's definitely that. But Tough Mudder is not timed. It's not a timed event. It's just something that you go and you do and you complete. So there's no like, you're not trying to beat necessarily anybody. You're not vying for first place. You're not trying to beat a time. You're just trying to complete and compete and do as well as you can at each and every obstacle and help others do the same. And so there aren't really any set rules to doing the Tough Mudder. You don't know until you actually get there and you actually start going through the obstacles and working with people how you're going to get over this big wall. 
how you're going to go through this tunnel, get to the other side, and then drop down into a puddle of water or how you're going to go through these monkey bars or how you're going to do any other obstacle. Like you don't really know until you get to it and then you have to figure it out. And that's the concept of an infinite game. An infinite game, there are no set rules and that's with health and fitness. There's no set rules. There's a structure to it. There's certainly some boundaries and some basic strategies that you should follow. But then once you kind of have those in place, you need to make sure that you adjust them accordingly so that you continue to get where you're going. And that's also the concept of life. Like concept, life is an infinite game. It is ongoing. There, there is no like, you're not there all of a sudden. You didn't all of a sudden make it because when you believe you all of a sudden made it, you start to backslide because you start to let off the gas or you start to not pay attention to the things that got you there. So in a similar way, like Tough Mudder encompasses a lot of these same ideas and values. So there were five lessons that I brought from this, just looking at what I viewed from everyone else, the feedback that we got, and just watching people in our team train with each other and go through the Tough Mudder over these last eight weeks. Number one is confidence, confidence is built by completing the small steps. We tend to think that like you either have confidence or you don't, or like you, you only build confidence whenever you do some big thing, when you start a business or when you, I don't know, make some big stride in your career. But that's not the case. That's helpful. I mean, I'm not saying that's not the case at all. But you build confidence by doing small steps, by starting somewhere and then moving forward. Because if you look at the big thing in front of you that you think you need to tackle, sometimes it can be very intimidating. Sometimes it can be very, you look at it and you go, I don't really know how I'm going to go and attack that thing. I don't know how how I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I I don't know how I'm going to get there tomorrow. But you don't need to get there tomorrow. What you need to do is start with something, add up the steps along the way, and it is in doing those steps, adding those steps, one after another after another, that you build confidence. As an example, with these last eight weeks, was eight weeks of training. So we didn't just say, hey, we're going to do this Tough Mudder. And then the next day, go and do the Tough Mudder. That would have been silly. They wouldn't, like, we wouldn't have been prepared, both physically, but especially mentally. So it was in starting eight weeks beforehand, starting with not an easy training session, but a moderate training session. And then every training session thereafter, increasing the intensity, making it a little harder, pushing a little further, pushing a little harder making it a little more challenging, encouraging them to increase their effort in some way, shape, or form. And it it was in taking those small steps that confidence was built, that they started to believe in themselves that they can actually achieve this thing. They can actually do it. Now, of course, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into because the training we were doing was not even close to what they actually did at the Tough Mudder because We don't have millions of dollars in budget to be able to build big obstacles. Be tons of fun, but we're not there yet. But we can make training very hard, (laughs) which is what we did. 
We made training very challenging, not from the very beginning, not from the very beginning, but we built it in over time. And as we increased the challenge of the training, they built confidence in themselves that they could do it because they would show up and they would do it and they would complete it. And by the end of it, you could tell like they were, you know, by the end of a training session, people were tired. Everyone was tired, but they were invigorated by the effort that they had put in. And so by the night before the Tough Mudder, we sat down for dinner and yeah, there were a bunch that were nervous about what was coming because again, they didn't know what they were going into except the ones that had done it previously, but they don't know what they're going into. So there's nerves, there's jitters, there's this, that, and the other thing. But what I didn't hear was I'm not confident that I can do it. I don't believe that I can do it. That's what I didn't hear. Like no one said that. It was just a matter of just being nervous because they don't know what they're getting into. As we talked and as we strategized on how to attack the day, there was a whole lot of, yeah, I can do this. Yes, we can do this. Yes, let's go get it. So you have to build that confidence over time. You have to start with something. Whatever level makes sense to you, start with it and then let those actions add up over time. You have to let them continue to multiply and multiply and multiply. And honestly, the more often you do it, the more it multiplies, the more it stacks on top of each other, the more confident you become, the more you can believe that you can do what it is you're, you've set out to do. So that's lesson number one. Confidence is built by completing the small steps. Lesson number two. Courage happens when you step out for yourself and for others. So we, I think you understand that when you do things that scare you, it builds courage as you complete more and more hard things, which is true. Similar with confidence, same idea. The more that you attack something that scares you, the more courage you build up over time usually makes sense to start with, again, something small, attack that thing first. Once you believe that you can overcome a small thing, go to a medium thing, and then to, excuse me, the large thing. But in the same way, courage happens when you step out for others. And this is something that our society right now is not embracing at all. And that's a big reason why our society is being much more divided than it is being brought together because we're not stepping out for each other. So here's how this happens at Tough Mudder. And here's how this happened over eight weeks of training even. During eight weeks of training, at the end of every training session, we'd stand at what we, what we called the bridge. It was actually a bridge, but just a little short concrete bridge. But we'd stand at the bridge. And the bridge stood for the point at which we put in effort and we don't complain. Like the rule was once you cross the bridge, you don't complain and you got to just keep going. You got to keep putting in effort. If you want to slow down, cross the bridge to the other side. You can complain on that side. But once you cross the bridge into training session, you can't complain. So we're standing at the bridge and we're talking about the day and how things went. And every time the question that we asked was, did you have to look at somebody else? How many of you had to look at somebody else and, and use them as inspiration? And every time, 
almost everybody raised their hand, if not everybody, I'd say almost everybody raised their hand every training session, had to look at somebody else for inspiration. That means that we need to be comfortable looking to others to help us, and we need to be comfortable helping others when they need help. At the Tough Mudder, it's very obvious, like, like there, there is zero chance you get through a Tough Mudder all on your own. Zero chance. I, I, maybe, maybe. But you'd have to be in the top 1% of the top 1% of athletes in the world to probably do it. So, as you're going through the obstacles, you need other people's help. So it takes courage, number one, to ask for help, to reach your hand out, or to just tap the person next to you and say, hey, can, can I use you? Can, can I use you? That sounds bad. Can you push me up over this wall? Can you get me up this hill? And on the other end, and this is, this is actually a lot harder for a lot of people than it really should be. On the other hand, looking, looking quote, behind you and putting your hand down and going, let me help you. Because in those moments, like in real life, you can be very easily rejected. Now, at a Tough mutter, it's very unlikely that someone's going to reject you some help. Like, eh, pretty much everyone's looking for some help. But in real life, like, you can very easily get rejected if you go, hey, you put your hand out and you go, hey, let me help you. Someone can go, nah, I don't need your help. And that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good. So it takes courage to do that. It takes courage to both take help and it takes courage to give help. But again, I, I think that that's something that our society is like absolutely lacking right now because there's all kinds of, all kinds of information, all kinds of craziness going on, all kinds of this and that going on. And some of us are buying into this story and some of us are buying into that story and so on and so forth. That's fine. Like you want to believe what you want to believe. That's, that's fine. Like th there should be no problems with anything that anybody wants to believe. And yet, if you see someone going down a path that they previously had said was against their morals and values, and you don't say anything about it, and you don't reach out and you go, hey, let me help you, I feel like I, I, feel like I see you doing something that previously you said you were, you know, was, was not something that your morals and values aligned with. That's a lot of the reason why we're dividing ourselves into bits and pieces instead of bringing ourselves together. And something like a Tough Mudder can, can show you that like, it just takes reaching your hand out to realize that like, we can bring ourselves together. Now, this wasn't supposed to turn into this kind of conversation, but it is what it is. So... Courage happens not only when you step out again for yourself, when you overcome that obstacle, when you overcome the challenge in front of you that scares you. It also happens when you reach your hand out, which can be scary, and you offer to help others. And then it's up to them to accept it or not. It's not up to you. That's lesson number two. Lesson number three. Your limitations are all in your mind. So this is something that we've talked about relentlessly. That's kind of the premise of the podcast, right? 
good wolf, feeding your good wolf, overcoming your fears, overcoming the the thing in your mind that tells you that you're not capable and your identity, your current identity that's holding you back because that's just what's ingrained in you. But <laughs> so one of our people that completed Tough Mudder with us, his name is Denny. Anybody who completed the Tough Mudder, who participated in the Tough Mudder with us knows who Denny is. Denny is 72 years old. He was in the Marine Corps, I believe. If you know what the Appalachian Trail is, he completed a big portion of the Appalachian Trail. I think it's like 2,000 miles long. I want to say he completed half of it. I could be way off. He could have completed the whole thing. At any rate, even if it's 1,000 miles, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of hiking. I don't know how long it took him. I don't know anything like that. But that was relatively recent that he didn't. It wasn't like in his 20s. That was maybe a couple of years ago, I, I believe. 72 years old. A couple weeks before the Tough Mudder, he calls me and he says, Jerry, I don't know if I can do the Tough Mudder. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to be able to do it. I'm like, well, Denny, what's going on, man? I'm, what are you concerned about? He's like, well, I got this plantar fascia that's flared up and, you know, I'm having trouble walking and this, that, and other thing. I just got a, a shot and it's feeling a little better, but I just don't know. What do you think? And I'm like, Denny, I mean, you have inspired everyone through eight weeks of training so far. Well, at that point, six weeks of training. You've inspired everybody, like, with your effort, your output. It's just been incredible. I think it would be great to have you there. And I told him, honestly, like, it's totally up to you to decide if you think that what could happen at the end of it is worse than what, like, the, the enjoyment of actually completing the event. If you think that in completing the event, competing in the event, being a part of the team is going to be this great thing and you're going to enjoy it, then do it. Like I'm, I'm there to support you. I'm not going to tell you not to do it. So he's like, okay, well, I'm going to give it a, I'm, you know, I'm going to rest it for the next week or so, see how it feels. I'm getting another shot the week before the mutter and then we'll go. So a couple of days before the mutter, he comes in to, to officially like tell me, Hey, I'm going to be there. We're going to go for it and, and we're going to get it done. I'm like, great. So he says, he shows up. And he walked, he walks, he walked a lot of it. He ran a bunch, he ran a bunch, but he walked a lot of it. That dude, he went, he tried every obstacle. Then he tried every obstacle. About 10 obstacles, maybe 12 obstacles in, there's an obstacle called Mount Everest. It's basically, if you are a skater or you know, it's a big half pipe, like this big half tube thingy. You run up the wall. I think it's like, I don't know eight, nine feet tall or something like that. You're supposed to run up the wall and there's people hanging at the top of the wall, hanging over the wall to grab you and pull you up. If you're, if you're lucky, you can get to the top yourself and grab, but you got to be a pretty good athlete to be able to do that. So at that particular one, he tried three times, two times he touched hands, which was amazing. The third time he pulled his hamstring and you could see he grabbed his leg and he starts limping away from the wall. And I'm like, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, now, you know, he's going to walk the rest, of the, the rest of the course, which was a couple miles and eight obstacles or so. But he did every single freaking obstacle after that. Every single one. I believe he completed every single one. Uh, there was one he didn't complete. 
Uh, there's one called Funky Monkey. It's basically upward monkey bars for about 12 monkey bars. And then at the top is a spinning wheel that you grab and it spins around. And then you move to these other wheels that are like vertical moving wheels. And then you keep going. And then there's the last set of monkey bars that you get down. He made it all the way up to 12 monkey bars. He didn't fall until he got to the spinning wheel. He grabbed the spinning wheel, it spun around, and he, and he fell. That was, I think, the only one that he didn't complete. Now, I'm using one person as an example here because it was just phenomenal to watch him. 72 years old, pulled his hamstring in the middle of the race, had plantar fasciitis two weeks before the race, got two shots, did it anyway. And, and here I am. So I had a little, I had a bum calf too. And here I am feeling sorry for myself because my calf was hurting me. Like, there, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. We had, I don't know, five 60-plus-year-olds outside of him. Just phenomenal effort. Going at as many obstacles as, as they can go at. It was absolutely amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Just the effort, the determination, the persistence that, these, that they all put in was absolutely incredible. And it just showed that it is literally your mind, your belief about what is possible that is holding you back. Then he didn't let any belief, like he didn't, he didn't set any belief. He's lived through enough life to go, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth setting beliefs. I might as well just go at it. Because he had a foot issue and a hamstring issue that he could have just bowed out and said, I'm done. But he just kept going. He just kept going. It was absolutely incredible. So the next time you find yourself, and I, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not pointing fingers at you because if I point finger at you, I got three more pointing right back at me. Understand that. When you find yourself finding an excuse, some physical limitation or some sort of other resource issue limitation that you're trying to overcome, when you find yourself using it as an excuse to stop yourself from moving forward, ask yourself if it's actually true and it's actually stopping you. And then ask yourself, what's the next step I need to take? Because the answer to the first question is probably going to be no, which means you got to figure out the next step. What's the next step I need to take then? Cool. That is our third lesson. So let's do a quick review before we go into lessons four and five. Lesson number one, confidence is built by completing the small steps. It's the small tasks, it's the small actions over time that builds confidence. Yes, you got to eventually go over that big bump. You got to eventually tack that big obstacle. And for a lot of people, actually most people, the big obstacle is just getting started. But confidence is built with small steps and small actions. Number two, courage happens when you step out for yourself and for others. It happens when you attack the things that you fear, and it also happens when you reach out for others to help them attack the things that they fear. And then number three, your limitations are all in your mind. Next time you find yourself setting your own limitations, using limitations of some sort as an excuse, Ask yourself if it is actually true, and then decide what the next step is. All right, number four, the fourth lesson. 
from the Tough Mudder. If you're stuck, sign up for something. So this one seems, again, kind of obvious, but some of us just don't seem to take the time to think things through from time to time, myself included. But if you're having trouble, A, getting started, B, overcoming a plateau, C, increasing your effort so that you get more results. If you're having trouble with any of those things, sign up for something. Sign up for some sort of event. That event could be a 5K, a 10K, a marathon, a Tough Mudder, a Spartan, a Rugged Maniac, a Lifting Meet, some other type of physical event, something. Sign up for something that you have to train for, that you have to put effort in for, that if you don't do anything about it, you're not going to be able to perform well. And this is something that you should do regularly throughout your journey. It can be once a year. It can be twice a year. It can be three times a year. Heck, we have a member, Tim. We have a member, Tim. He's been on the podcast before. He was, he was like episode three, like right at the beginning, wasn't he? Yeah. Tim, I'm pretty sure, signs up for a 5K every other weekend. <laughs> and that might be an understatement depending on the time of year. There was one, there may have been two weeks, where he'd go run a 5K, and then he'd come to Tough Mudder training afterward. So, you don't have to be, you don't have to go that far. Unless you enjoy it, then, you know, that'll keep you going. But signing up for something holds you accountable, number one, which is something we all need. We all need something external to hold us accountable. If we're only counting on ourselves, we're going to let ourselves down almost every time. That's not because we're bad people. It's not because we're lazy people. It's not because we're undisciplined people. It's just because most of the time, if we only do things for ourselves, it's not sustainable. So sign up for something, that thing will hold you accountable. Sign up with it, sign up for it with a group of people, and you are going to be held especially accountable, even better. So when you sign up for something, it holds you accountable. Number two, when you sign up for something, it gives you something to train for. It gives you something to move toward. It gives you a reason to start to either start or increase your effort or figure out how to overcome that plateau. And that's what we need sometimes. Sometimes we just need a kick in the butt. Again, it like because you are stuck, because you are having trouble trying to get the motivation or whatever, doesn't mean that you're not the kind of person that can be healthy and fit. Just means that you're stuck right now. That's all that it means. And a simple way to overcome that is by signing up for something. I can tell you, out of the 47 people that were there, I'm sure all of them would tell you that training for that event helped them overcome some plateau. And for some of them, they didn't even know that it was going to help them overcome plateaus. Example number one, Elaine. Elaine is 61 or 62. She just told me her age. So she's going to yell at me again because she yelled at me when she said, this is my age. So here we are again, getting in trouble. <laughs> uh, and... She did a 
she, she, she actually had two PRs during this eight weeks of training. She did a dead hang chin up, meaning she hung completely at the bottom and then pulled herself all the way up over the bar at the top. Dead hang chin up. Number two, she deadlifted 180 for like five reps, which I think 180 or 185 may have been her PR before that for a set of one, I believe. So she did 185 times instead of 185 one time. And she didn't even like, that's just from training more. So she didn't even like necessarily view these things as obstacles or she, I don't think she was like assuming that this training was all of a sudden going to ramp up her abilities in the weight room, but they did. So that's why signing up for something can be very beneficial because it gives you something, gives you a reason to train harder, to push yourself a little more. And you don't have to be like that all the time. You have to understand that like people who look at people who are quote unquote fitness people, I guess that would be me. You look at them and you go, man, it's got to be easy for them because they're just motivated all the time. But that's not, hey, that ain't true. That ain't true. Motivated all the time? There are plenty of times where it's like, hmm, got to go to the gym today. All right, here we go. I got to show up. And if I had to rely on myself only all the time, it'd be tough. I think I could do it. I mean, I've been in the gym for 20 years of my life, maybe 25. So, you know, I've built that consistency. I've built that discipline. But it's also because I built it in over 25 years. But man, I can tell you, signing up for a Tough mutter supercharges that effort, supercharges the output. So it's not just any person who's just having trouble getting started. Even quote-unquote fitness people need something to supercharge their efforts. So sign up for something. If you're having trouble, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you're not making progress, sign up for something. Which leads us to lesson number five. Lesson number five is the right community makes everything easier. Again, I have beat this horse to death. No, I do not actually beat horses, by the way. It is a saying. Nonetheless, the right community makes everything easier. So once the Tough Mudder was finished, we, we have a Facebook group where we all are and people are, you know, throughout the eight weeks of training, we're encouraging each other and sending pictures and people who were out of town, they'd go to parks and they'd do some hanging and climbing and they'd take pictures and they'd put them up there and people are like, yeah, that's fun, that's cool. And then we take pictures of the training and put that up there. So, you know, there was lots of fun going on. After the Tough mutter, the next day, people start pouring in, you know, posts about how they felt, how they feel, how helpful everything was, how great it was, how the experience was. And in every single, every single post, everyone, it was how the community helped them in some way. 
Here's a couple. I think it was Lindsay. She said, uh, the community helped me help build, uh, help me be courageous enough to go for it. So when she came to an obstacle, she knew everyone was around her and there were people like we were literally there. There were multiple times. I don't remember this with Lindsay specifically, but I remember with plenty of people at almost every obstacle, multiple times. I think, I think I'm going to go around this obstacle. I don't think I'm going to do it. And one of the members would go, Hey, you can do this. Like what's, I've seen you do harder things than this. I've seen you, I've seen how your effort is. I've seen your output. You can do this. And then they attack it and then they do it. So having the courage to do something can be increased if you surround yourself with a community of like-minded people. Uh, Another member said, having the community around help increase my ability to overcome fear. One of the obstacles at Tough Mudder is, I think it's called the Mudderhorn. It's like a 40-foot tall A-frame that you climb up a cargo net and then down a cargo net. Seems simple, but 40 feet tall is 40 feet tall. And if you're someone like me, who does not like heights, it's challenging. And there were a lot of people who sat at the bottom of that A-frame and looked up and went, I don't think so. (laughs) But when you got people around you, who are going, hey, you're strong and you can do it. You are strong and you can do it. You have to understand this is not about like, I think people look at accountability and they, accountability and they relate it to shaming. Like this is not about people shaming each other going, come on, you wuss, come on, you can do it. Like that's not what this is about. It's about proving to yourself that you're capable of more. And if someone else is standing next to you and they're going, hey, you're a stronger person than that, that's them believing in you. That's them having the courage to reach out to you and say, hey, you can do it. And that's why having a community around you is important. Another member said, the encouragement that I felt during during the Tough Mudder was overwhelming. Again, I could go on and on and on with the number of references to community, teamwork, relationships, and so on. Having a community of people around you that are on a similar path as you, some of them who have been on the journey a lot longer, some of them who have been on the journey shorter, and some of them who are on the same trajectory as you, a a diverse community of like-minded people, like-minded doesn't mean that they agree with every single thing that you say, every single thing that you believe like-minded, but it means that they're all trying to progress forward in some way. And that is how you take your results and you supercharge them. And you take them from point A to point Z instead of A to A1, to A2, to A3. When you put people around you, it's just amazing the difference in the feeling and the effort and the output and your abilities all of a sudden. So those are our five lessons. Quickly review them again before we wrap it up. 
Lesson number one, confidence is built by completing the small steps. You got to remember that. Take small steps. Every time you complete something, it is building your confidence. It is building the person that you're trying to become. Every time you complete a step. Number two, courage happens when you step out for yourself and for others. For yourself and for others. Both when you overcome an obstacle that you're scared of and when you reach out for somebody else to help them overcome an obstacle that they're scared of. Number three, your limitations are all in your mind. 72-year-old Denny with plantar fasciitis and a pulled hamstring attacked every obstacle with as much fervor as a 15-year-old. I can tell you that. It's in your head. Obstacle, obstacle number four, (laughs) lesson number four, if you're stuck, sign up for something. That's a simple strategy that you can do today. If you're having trouble, if you're, if you can't get started, if you can't find the motivation, whatever, sign up for something, make it three months down the road. That way it gives you time to build up to it. And then number five, the right community makes everything easier. When you surround yourself with a community of like-minded people, you feel uplifted, your courage increases, and eventually you feel unstoppable. But you got to let it happen. And you got to be courageous enough to step out and do it. And that's everything that I have for you today. Great time with the Tough Mudder crew. Looking forward to next year's, uh, like I said, we had 47 people this year. We had 30 people the year before that. So hoping to multiply again next year. If you're ready to surround yourself virtually with a community of like-minded people, you're having trouble getting started, you're having trouble pushing to the next thing, you can go to Facebook and find our private Facebook group, free private Facebook group, Good Wolf Community where all of our coaches are there to help you, to move you forward, to give you strategies, to support you along your journey, and you'll be surrounded by a bunch of people who are trying to do the same. Good with community at Facebook, absolutely free resource for you. Until next time, make sure you share this with your friends so that they get the good news too. Here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.